0: first time this morning or your first time back in a long time. Thanks for joining us uh, here in this room. Thanks for joining us online. Appreciate you being there. Uh, My name is Mike. I'm the lead pastor here at MCC, and you are here for a great Sunday because we are finishing up a series that we've been calling Four Letter Words. If you've missed any of those, you can go to our website. Uh, You can see them there, or you can see the entire worship service if you go to our YouTube channel. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, or you can Follow us on Facebook, and, and you'll get notifications to be able to keep up with everything going on. But we've all learned, right, that growing up, four-letter words are words that we're not supposed to say because they're, they're considered profane or coarse. Uh, and sometimes it's not the word itself that's bad, it's the way we use it. And I wonder if what's true in my house has been true in your house as well. Has your name ever become a four-letter word in your house? I mean, sometimes I hear my name and I just know, right? I mean, it's, and it's not even muttered under their breath at that point. Now it's just, it's just out there. And, and honestly, it's hardly ever my fault. But uh, has that ever, right? I mean, has that ever happened to you? So we took this idea, four-letter words, and we applied it to words that we as followers of Jesus that we might find as offensive as a four-letter word. And the first of the three four-letter words, first of the... First three of the, the four-letter words. Well, wow, that's really hard to put several numbers in one sentence. Good thing I don't do math. Uh, but uh, the first three weeks, we talked about words that we consider four-letter words. Today, and I want to make this real clear, we're looking at a four-letter word that God considers a four-letter word. I want to make sure you catch the gravity of that. So this last word we're looking at today is the word lies. And really, the question we need to ask ourselves is, do grown-ups need to lie? Is that just, it's just part of you know, what it takes to sort of get through life and to make things happen? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kelly Renee Turner uh, reached a plea deal with prosecutors. She was accused of lying about a slew of serious medical conditions that her seven-year-old daughter, Olivia, allegedly had, uh, going as far as claiming her condition was terminal, and using the fake condition to get thousands of dollars in donations and in special treatment for her and her family, I don't know if you saw that or not. And I know, listen, I know there's no way in the world that no one here, right, would lie about something like that. And 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 because when we talk about something like this and compare it to something like that, uh, I, I don't do that. I mean, I'm a, I might tweak. The truth, occasionally, right? Or, or I may exaggerate a little bit. It's not a total. It's not a total lie. It's just not, you know, the total truth. Uh, but come on, everybody lies sometimes, right? I mean, how big of a deal can seriously? How big of a deal can it be? Well, I don't know. You suppose any lies have been told on the global stage recently? That might be a big deal. And we know the anxiety that lies of that magnitude cause. And listen, as you continue, even this morning, to get the news or notifications, Uh, the best response that we can have as the children of God is to be people who spend time on their knees because a chaotic world needs to see a church that finds peace in our eternal God. And I appreciate so much Eric's prayer this morning as we began. But we're aware of that, right? We already know on a big stage what lying does. But what about the lies in your world that don't impact the world? Uh, does that make them okay? Well, let me ask. Do you think there are any lies told in your house this week? Just in your house. was any lies were told in your house this week? How about in school? Do you think any lies were told in the school that you go to? I think any lies were told this week? How about at work? Any lies told at work this week? How about here, already this morning? think there are any lies told in this place today? I said earlier, God considers this a four-letter word. Look at what the Bible says. Proverbs 6, and I I love the message version on a couple of these. I wanted to make sure you got that. Here are six things God hates, and one more that He loathes with a passion. And top two, eyes that are arrogant. But number two, a a, a tongue that lies. Proverbs 12 tells us that God can't stomach liars. He loves the company of those who keep their word. In the New Testament, Paul would write this to the church in Colossae. Since you have taken off your old self, don't lie to each other. With that life being gone, don't lie. And all the way back in Leviticus, beginning of the Bible, right? Do not lie. I mean, weren't you told that growing up? Wouldn't common sense tell us that people in general believe that lying is wrong? I love what Wayne Smith, he was a preacher down in Kentucky, very funny guy. He said, if you know you're lying and God knows you're lying, it's the same as telling the truth, because two negatives make a positive. And uh, and he was kidding. He was just being funny. But people tend to live as if that's true. A new study uh, shows that most people average fewer than two lies a day. And the way they wrote it, the way it reads, it's almost as if that, you know, that's really good. We only tell two lies a day. Most of us only tell two lies a day. That's really good. We're averaging a really good number. Lying, they also found lying comprised 7% of total communication, and that 90% of all lies uh, were little white lies. So, not real big ones, you know, just those little, the little white lies. That's what the Bible calls little white lies. Oh, it's a phrase you'll never find in the Bible. And we lie to just about everyone. The better we know them, the more likely we are to have a serious lie with them. Um, and when we refrain from lying, only 45% of the time do we refrain be, uh, because it's wrong, I mean, most of the time, it's things like fear of getting caught in the lie. That really gets us. And studies tell us that who lies the most. Do you think men or women lie the most? I got to tell you, yeah, first hour, the women all agreed uh, that that men lie the most. And you know what? They're right. We do. And we consider ourselves a better liar than you women. I mean, who are we lying to now, right? Uh, And young men lie more than old men. Why do we do that? Uh, if you've got your notes in the U version app open, I've given you five reasons. I want to make sure you notice how I worded them. They'll also be on the screen. They're all in the first person. This offends God. I want you to be offended as well. Uh, so, here we go. Here's the first one. I lie to impress people, but we call it stretching the truth, right? And, and sometimes it points to a problem with pride. Uh, children do this to get attention or to make others think that they're better than they really are. According to Higher Rights 2017 Employment Screening Benchmark report, 85% of employers caught applicants lying on their resume or their applications. 80, almost nine out of ten people applying for a job was lying on their application. Uh, it's what weekend athletes do, athletes do to appear better. I read about one golfer. Who, uh, who lied so much that when he did hit a hole-in-one, he put down a zero on his scorecard. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. It was funnier in my room when I was telling that to myself. Um, Paul Harvey used to tell about the Stuttgart, Stuttgart Golf Club in Germany. Four men were shooting up onto an elevated green. One of the guys hit. Uh, And they couldn't find his ball. They assumed he, he thought it went kind of long. And so his friends were all looking in the tall grass. And while they were doing that, he pulled a ball out of his pocket and dropped it near the fringe and said, I found it. They all chipped up onto the green. And when one of the guys pulled the flag out, they found his ball in the hole already. He had hit a hole in one. But the fact that he lied ruined the accomplishment. Paul Harvey went on to say that they kicked him out of the club. And he was the president of the club. You know, in the Bible, Ananias and Sapphira told this kind of lie, and they got kicked out too, which is kind of a Bible joke. But uh, (laughs) the second reason I lie is to avoid consequences. It's like the little kid in Sunday school who got his Bible verses mixed up and said, A lie is an abomination to the Lord, but an ever-present help in times of trouble right? But that's how we treat it sometimes. Proverbs 29 says, fear of man will prove to be a snare. In the Old Testament, you can go all the way back to the father of the Israelite nation. Abraham lied about Sarah being his sister, told her to lie about being his wife because he didn't trust God to protect him. In the New Testament, Peter denies knowing Jesus because he's afraid of being arrested. And and I want to ask this, and it's a little dangerous to get into because we want to treat this like a black and white issue. But is there a sliver of gray in here anywhere? And again, I, this is dangerous territory to tread into. Are there times when it's acceptable to lie? When it's the best alternative? I want to tell you there are a few exceptions in Scripture to the command not to lie. And One is if deceiving, telling a lie or deceiving someone, would actually save a life. It appears that it was allowed by God. There's a story in the Old Testament about a woman named Rahab who lived inside the city of Jericho, and when the Israelites sent spies in, she hid them on the roof and then lied about it to the king to protect their lives. And when the Israelites attacked just a couple days later, all the lives were taken in Jericho except Rahab and her family. They were spared. In the book of Exodus, Pharaoh tells the midwives that every male child born to the Israelites should be, should be killed. And the midwives, because they feared God, lied to protect the lives of the babies, and God rewarded them for that. Jonathan lied to protect his friend David. Now, I share this with you because I want to make sure you get all that, but we have to be careful because these are exceptions. They happened in extreme cases, usually during times of war or uh, in times of serious civil unrest. What we're talking about today is not to be taken lightly. You saying, if my mom found out what I did, she'd kill me. Listen, that's not, that's not going to work. And so we want to be careful. Let me give you the third reason. The third reason I lie is to gain something. Now, when we do this, we want, we want to get our way, or, or we use it to manipulate other people. It can come as a form of false flattery, like when you're trying to butter someone up to get something, or when children under five eat for free, and your child is a young-looking six, (laughs) maybe it wasn't six and under, maybe it was 12 and under at the restaurant, or you're a senior at the movie theater. We asked, had someone asked Sandy and I if we were seniors, and, you know, Sandy's always quick. are you kidding me, and I'm like, what was that get us? She said, You just answer yes or no. I'm not allowed to ask you your age or show identification. We're not, by the way. But if you've lied to gain something, sometimes I gain to hurt others, or sometimes I lie to hurt others. I don't like them, I'm angry with them. And I want to damage them in some way. Proverbs reminds us that reckless words pierce like a sword. Tom Watson wrote this. It's in the notes. The scorpion carries his poison in his tail, the slanderer in his tongue. And you are just so angry that you want to do damage to them. And if the truth won't get it, a lie is just as effective for you. How about this last one? I lie to mislead others. It reminds me of the lady who was preparing to entertain guests. She went to a small grocery store to buy some of the supplies she needed. She stopped at the meat counter and asked uh, if they had a chicken. And the young man behind the counter reached in. There was only one left. And so he pulled it out, put it on the scale, and said, this one weighs four pounds. And she said, ooh, I don't know if four pounds is going to get it. So he took it off the scale, put it back in there, acted like he was fishing around, pulled it up again, and this time had his finger on the scale and said, ah, this one weighs six pounds. She said, ah, I'm not sure that's going to get it either. Why don't you wrap up both, and I'll take them both home with me. <laughs> yeah. Telling the truth takes effort, takes energy, takes time. might not get you where you want to go. Uh, sometimes it's just easier not to. Have you ever told anyone, I'll meet you there, and then you don't? And quite frankly, you never had any intention of going. Or you ever told someone, I'll be home at 5, and you know you're not going to be home until 6. You know that but you don't feel like explaining that. Sometimes the truth isn't pleasant, and so we say things like, man, you look great in that outfit, or I love your new hairstyle. Your kids were wonderful in class today. Hey, Mike, really love the sermon. Uh, we, We think we're doing the right thing at the time, but we're lying, and lying alienates us from God. I mean, you need to know what is happening It alienates us from God. It undermines our relationship with other people when they find out it hurts us and it it gets progressively worse. Johnny Erickson taught us this words. Do you fully understand their power? Can any of us really grasp the mighty force behind the things we say? Do we stop and think before we speak considering the potency of the phrases we utter? Proverbs 13 reminds us that he who guards his lips guards his life. Jesus said, let me tell you something. Every one of the reckless, careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There's going to be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. Listen, do you know why this is such a big deal? I mean, why would Jesus say something like that? Why is it a big deal to our Father that his children be known as people of integrity? Do you know what the answer is? We're supposed to be a reflection of Him to the world around us. Listen, what, when, when what, what, what people see in those who claim to follow Jesus, if they actually believe when we tell them that we follow Jesus, what they see in us, they assume is also true of Jesus. If they believe that we're followers of His and lying is sometimes permissible to us depending on the situation. They assume it's okay with Jesus as well, and yet Numbers tells us all the way back in the Old Testament. It starts painting a picture. God is not human that he should lie, and he calls us to reflect that. So, how do we not lie? How do we stop not always being truthful? Let me give you two ways. When it comes to living on mission, in this area of being truthful people, what do we do? Number one, ask God for help. And listen, I know that sounds like a religious cliche, but John 8 reminds us that Satan, Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies. So when he's lying, he's speaking his native tongue. And in Matthew 12, Jesus said that what comes out of our mouth, and maybe this is even more to the point, what comes out of your mouth uh, is... (laughs) is a matter of who's taken up residence in your heart. Let me say it another way. Really what's important is not what's coming out of your mouth. It's what that tells people. What comes out of your mouth tells people who has taken up residence in your heart. And to get Satan out will take God's help. It will take more than your willpower. You've tried that. It doesn't work. And Satan is bigger than you, but he's not bigger than your father. He may be stronger than you, but he's not stronger than him. So ask for his help. That's why in the Psalms we read, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Listen, It's okay to ask for help. It's more than okay. We have to do that. Here's the second If I'm going to live on mission, I want to challenge you to take the seven-day truth challenge. A friend of mine, when he spoke about lying, encouraged his congregation to to do this, so I'm not going to lie and tell you I came up with it. I'm stealing this idea from a friend of mine, but for the next seven days, so Saturday to Sunday, don't tell any lies, none, not even in the smallest of matters. Jesus said this, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So, no exaggeration, no spin, no fibs, only the truth. And if you slip up in the next seven days, if you slip up during this challenge, you confess it. You talk to your father about it, you may need to talk to the person you were talking to about it, So, you confess your sin, and then you move on. You got it? You move on. You may find, this will be very interesting, you may find that this may be the first week that you've ever lived in truth and in freedom from guilt. I I like Proverbs 24. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. I mean, you like a kiss on the lips, right? Unless it's from your, you know, aunt with the mustache. But... uh, Dick Alexander, who is a senior pastor of what's now called LifeSpring in Cincinnati, wrote this. It's in the notes. I really want you to take this home. There are timeless values and absolutes. We don't have to decide whether honesty is right. It is, always, whatever the cost. We don't need to ask whether it's easier or useful to lie. That doesn't matter because it's wrong, always. Promises are made to be kept. Vows are sacred, there is a higher authority. Yes, we are important as individuals, but we, but we who have accepted God's call have acknowledged that immediate personal pleasure is not life's goal. We don't live for ourselves. We live for Him. For the people of the world, honesty is sometimes the highest value. For the people of God, it's the starting point. It's square one. It's basic. Whatever anybody, Whether anyone else is honest or not, integrity is always worth it. For the rest of the world, it might be something they strive to attain for us. It's kind of the starting line. When Paul would write to the church in Corinth about communion, he wrote this. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine himself. Everyone ought to examine himself. When we come to this time of communion, before we eat of the bread and drink from the cup, everyone ought to examine themselves. So I'm asking you, calling you, to think back to when you woke up this morning. To think back 24 hours. To go back a week. Have you struggled with truthfulness? Examine yourself. That means be truthful with yourself know yourself well enough. Examine yourself before we do this together because those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. So as we prepare now to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, we stop and examine ourselves and we talk to God about our honesty. And you may need to talk to somebody in your family about your honesty but we start by talking to God, and we confess what we need to confess to him first. And, and I'm going to ask you during this time, because I'm going to give you a moment here just to talk to God here in just a moment. Maybe you use that time to commit to him to take this seven-day truth challenge. And you ask him for help, because you have an enemy Who will try to get you to believe it's not that big of a deal if you just slip up once or twice it's not come on this is not the world stage no one's gonna know someone will know he's your dad and he wants you to have a family resemblance so that when people look at you they catch a glimpse of him so as we remember we're to bear his image to our world with how we live, which includes our honesty. So if you would, I'm going to give you a moment uh, to talk to God about that, and then I'll lead us through communion.